Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. I was really nervous before the article came out, mostly because... I had spent so much time on it and I I didn't know if it was going to be something that people were interested in. This is Max Benwell. He's the audience editor at The Guardian US. I was worried that, you know, I was going to be criticised for my approach because obviously it was a little bit unorthodox, but in my view it had to be unorthodox. And He recently published an astounding article about a situation he found himself in. And I, yeah, I guess I did become a bit of a vigilante as a result. Yeah, it was pretty nerve-wracking. But I guess, like, it's an an- anxious experience before publishing something big which you've worked on for months. And it was many months. Max spent nearly a year on this investigative piece about a personal mission he had undertaken, a mystery he was determined to solve. So someone was using my photos to trick women to catfish them and pretend they were me online mostly with the intention to chat them up but also to kind of throw horrible abuse at them as well i'm jordan erica weber and this week we follow the unusual tale of a man who went to some incredible lengths to uncover the person who had stolen his identity online getting catfished or having someone steal my photos to catfish women wasn't really something uh I dreamt of as a young journalist, but uh, here we are. This is Chips With Everything. For anyone who's unsure what exactly catfishing is, the Oxford English Dictionary defines it as to lure someone into a relationship by adopting a fictional online persona. When did you first realise that something was going on? So interestingly, it was it was around this time last year, uh, in March 2018, when I discovered that this was happening. And it was only until December when I actually managed to confront the person who was doing it. Before we go any further, we should let you know that we're not going to use the real name of the person that Max believes used his photos. He chose instead to call him Chris. Despite knowing that someone was stealing his identity, Max wanted to protect that of the alleged catfisher. The interesting thing about catfishing uh, in this case is that, you know, obviously it's awful and people shouldn't do it, but at the same time there's there's a sadness at the heart of it. There's this kind of 
sense of inadequacy, I guess. Um, like, why did this guy think he had to use someone else's face in order to talk to women? So in that light, it just felt wrong confronting him in a way which, in the piece, which would have exposed his name or exposed him to kind of like the outside world in that sense. But I'm hoping that me confronting him and me tracking him down was enough to make him stop. So I didn't have to do any of that anyways. Getting back to the story. In March 2018, Max was going about his business as usual when suddenly... So I woke up one morning, it was about mid-March, and I had a message on my phone from a woman who I'd never met before, never spoken to, and she was saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know that someone is using your photos online to pretend to be you. And she sent a screenshot of this Instagram account of this person called Jim Mason, and it had all my photos on. And what did you do when you got that first message? I kind of dismissed it, to be honest. I didn't take it that seriously. I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Um, it happened a couple of times before, like a, a year earlier uh, or t- two years earlier, where someone had used my photos on a Sugar Daddy website, weirdly, because the photos of me uh, were taken when I was quite young, so I don't know how that's supposed to work. And someone else had set up a, a Facebook account with uh, my photo on it as well. So it just seemed like another weird thing. uh, And I I didn't think it was part of a wider trend. So I kind of just ignored it. But Max soon realized that this wasn't just a one-off. Within weeks, his inbox was peppered with messages from women with very similar stories. And that's when I started to think there's a person out there who's being quite prolific. Um, and really targeting multiple women because, I mean, they had found out it was it was a catfisher and it wasn't, you know, they weren't talking to the person who the person said they were, but there must have been so many more. And the final straw came a couple of months later when a woman tweeted a photo of Max alongside a screenshot of an upsetting conversation she was having with someone she thought was called Jim Mason informing him that he wasn't likely to get any more dates in Oklahoma City. The screenshot she had attached of what I was supposedly saying, or some the catfisher was saying, was just like a vile stream of abuse. Max was horrified when he saw just how vile this person using his image had been towards this woman. And it was that moment when I realised I had to do something. I had to track him down, ask, tell him to stop. It turned from something which was just like he was just benignly impersonating me to he was actively going after women. It was the first case there of where I saw um, his trolling uh, in, in effect, really. So, yeah, it was it was in June when I decided to take action. And he sure did take action. Max started with the obvious. He followed the screenshots from the women who had contacted him and trawled through all of the Instagram accounts he could find with handles that included the name Jim Mason. And all of them um, were empty for Jim Mason except one, which actually redirected to a new account. Suddenly, if you click, clicked on the Jim Mason link on the Google search results, it would take you to this account for John Sanders. So once I got onto that page, what became apparent is that he had just changed the handle. Um, so he had all the same photos. I started there, I, was, I had this account, and so my, my goal from there was to try and gain access to it because it was private. 
Obviously, Max couldn't just send off a friend request to the so-called John Sanders from his account full of the very same pictures. John Sanders would presumably figure out what was happening and flee. So Max was stuck. But then he had a kind of radical idea. I decided to basically catfish him myself. So I spoke to Facebook about how I might go around that and if my accounts would be deleted if I tried it. And their spokesperson was like, yes, we will take action against you if you catfish anyone for whatever reason, even if it's a a sort of noble one. So catfishing was out the window, but then you decided on another tactic. So tell me about the gorgeous ladies of Oklahoma. Well, I guess it's a form of sort of corporate catfishing where I pretended to be someone who's interested in gorgeous ladies in Oklahoma. (laughs) Um, I decided to do this because it seemed that he was based in Oklahoma. You know, if if you recall that fourth woman who had contacted me on Twitter... She was based in Oklahoma City and she was saying, you know, you're not going get, to get any more dates in Oklahoma now. So I was like, OK, I think he's he he's into beautiful, sexy women. So how can I kind of try and target him? And, and my goal here was to create an account that he would see and follow and then I could follow him back. And it would seem like an organic kind of connection and not one which was suspicious at all. So I set up Glue or Gorgeous Ladies of Oklahoma kind of inspired by the the wrestling show uh, Glow. <laughs> I started talking to my sort of some of my female friends, um, explaining the situation and whether they'd uh, help me out um, if they had any what's referred to as, as thirst traps, which are kind of photos. Yeah, I was going to ask about this, actually, because if one of my male friends asked me if he could use some of my, you know, holiday photos or whatever pictures of me in a bikini no matter how much I loved that friend I would definitely decline how did your friends react when you asked them this yeah so I think once I had explained to them the situation and and but also how the photos would be pretty anonymous like we wouldn't use ones where their their full face was in shot not everyone was keen that was fine I was like okay yeah that's understandable but two of my friends were completely happy they they kind of really liked the idea they wanted to help um track him down once I had them I started kind of geo-targeting he even started paying for followers and likes from bots to make the account seem more credible and entice the so-called John Sanders to become a follower. At this point in the story, I think you could be forgiven for wondering if Max got a little too invested. It was an interesting experience. I started reading reviews about which sites were more reliable and which sort of fake followers were more sort of more of a solid investment because they're less likely to be detected. So like more authentic seeming fake followers was is kind of like the currency which they they trade in on these sites. So you were putting in a significant amount of time and effort and even a bit of money. Did all of this work? No, it didn't. Fear not, that's far from the end of the story. After the break, we'll find out why Max had to go a lot deeper and venture into some darker places on the internet before he could catch his catfisher. Just being able to talk to him, and even though he was obviously kind of denying everything and not confessing, he got to hear from me and he, he and, and kind of realised that his actions have consequences. You won't want to miss it. We'll be back after this. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Voice Lab from The Guardian. Hey, do you ever want a quick catch-up on the news headlines first thing in the morning while you're making breakfast or getting dressed? Well, if you have a Google Assistant or Google Home, we can help with that. The Guardian Briefing is an experiment from The Voice Lab, which in under two minutes brings you up to speed with what you need to know about the day's top stories. We'll make sure you don't miss a thing. To listen at any time, just say, Hey Google, Speak to the Guardian Briefing. Welcome back to Chips with Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. This week we're following the story of Max Benwell, who embarked on a quest to find the person who was using his photos to catfish women. After months of searching and even setting up a fake Instagram account, Max was getting nowhere. I imagine you were getting pretty desperate by this point. So what did you do next? I decided that if he, I'd have one final look in Oklahoma. Um, and so I bought Tinder Gold, uh, which is like the premium version of the dating app. And I, it allows you to change your location. So I switched my location to Oklahoma City. I changed my gender to female. And then I just started frantically swiping through all of them to see if I could find myself because I thought if they're still using my photos, they're probably going to be on Tinder. I, I think you have to admire Max's dedication and creativity here. He was leaving no stone unturned. But there was just one problem. This tactic didn't work either. But there are companies which help victims of catfishing and have tools to, to track people down. So I realised that I was kind of doing so much amateur sleuthing uh, to no avail, like there was no harm in in reaching out to people whose job it is to to find people. Enter Linny. My name is Linny McClellan. I'm a in-depth search specialist for socialcatfish.com. Linny, we'll get to Max's case in a second, but can you just give me a brief overview of what you do kind of day to day? What does a normal working day look like for you? We find people and verify identities. Um, Sometimes we simply have a name to research. Sometimes our client just wants to know if a person is legitimate. Um, Most often in my division, I handle cases related to social profiles on online dating. People are dating online and for some reason or another, they have become suspicious that the person they're talking to is not the person that they claim to be. Most of my clients are mostly women aged 50 to 70 years old, 
and most of my investigations turn up to be Nigerian dating scams and there are serious money lost to fraud. Oh, goodness. I have a question about um, the number of cases that you identify. How many turn out to be verified and how many are fraudulent? Most of what I do, probably 99% are fraudulent. Our clients usually just need an extra pair of eyes and ears. It is a situation where there is a certain amount of shame. They don't want to share it with their families. They don't want to share it with their friends. Sometimes I'm the only person they feel they can talk to and try to find information that they can report these people or other things that they can do to combat it. Linny admits that although she has a lot of experience in verifying people's profiles online, she had never come across a case like Max's. Here we have a real person, a victim really, kind of a professional celebrity, if you will, and it would require a different approach than I was used to, and I was really eager to see what I could come up with. And I just rolled up my sleeves and was ready to go. Is that what inspired you to take it on then? You just thought it would be really, really interesting? And it was different, yes. (laughs) So Linny started off by putting the photos of Max that he had sent her through a social catfish search tool to find out if the guy calling himself John Sanders had been using them anywhere else besides Instagram. He hadn't, but, as Max explains she did find something just as strange. She was able to find every instance where I'd been catfished or someone had used my photos to catfish online and it turned out it was quite, it was way more people than I had ever realised were using my photos. There's one which was selling shoes, there was another um, which was like a casting call for a cartoon um, there was another one where it, it was kind of like a, a video upload site, which was kind of had a pornographic element to it, where someone would use my face as their kind of avatar. Yeah, so there was like several different instances. There were like some Yelp reviews, I think. Which is all very disturbing, but not quite what Max was after. And unfortunately, Linny couldn't figure out this John Sanders true identity. As you can imagine, both she and Max were disappointed, but then... Max remembered something. It turns out that the name of the catfisher was in my sort of Twitter inbox the whole time. But in my defense, it was the first woman who messaged me out of the blue in March, who after saying, hey, I think this person is catfishing you, she had a stab at who she thought it was. And at that point, I had no intention of writing anything about it. So I just completely forgotten that she had had a guess at who the catfisher was. And the reason that she knew was because the catfisher had sort of added her from his real account and his fake account with my photos at the same time. And on Facebook, a man was talking to her sort of intermittently from both accounts on and off. So it was only when I was working on the piece and I was trying to, you know, I was getting so desperate. And I saw, I was like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to stitch, put everything I've got out in front of me try and piece together a timeline like who was the first person who messaged me who was the second person and it was only then when I kind of saw that and and wanted to really uh yeah really kick myself so now there was something to go on he had what he believed was the true identity of the catfisher the man he calls Chris mystery solved not quite 
So I found they had like two Facebook profiles. They had this personal private um, Instagram account. They had like a a poetry account they had used. They had left like, uh, they were a big reviewer. Or they had left a few reviews, which were really neat, like one star reviews at cafes in the Midwest. And so I, I got, I started to see some, some things, but I, I, I didn't have like, I still didn't have a full picture. So he went back to Linny. This was much more like it. Linny got to work. The first profile I remember coming across with a new face was an eBay account. It had the same username and there was a new face there. Once we ran that new face around the web, we quickly determined the real profiles and the real person behind it. It was just a matter of public records now to verify this person as an actual person. Then we had a name, a birth date, email address, phone number, and Max could go forward then with what he was after to do. Finally, Max had his catfisher. All of this time spent trying to find him had been worth it. The mystery was solved. At this stage, many people would have marched down to the nearest police station to hand over the evidence. But Max decided against that route. Yeah, so I'd actually spoken to a a social media lawyer about what routes you can take when someone is catfishing you, and they weren't aware of really any police cases where someone had been punished for this. The only avenue you really have is is taking a civil case um, to court against the person, and then you'll only really be successful if you can prove, like, financial and reputational damage. There's no actual law in America, like, against catfishing. You know, it's only that kind of defamation um, law which you can really... Uh, pursue um, as well as maybe like fraud but just someone using your your photo to kind of talk to people it's a really it's a gray area and and so it was with that kind of advice in mind that I I forged my own path. So all he had to do now was ring this guy tell him that he knew what he was doing and ask him to stop. Yeah easier said than done. Linny gave me his phone number and I just, I couldn't, I was so nervous, mostly because I was so set on on doing all of that stuff I was just talking about, about confronting him and doing, you know, talking to him about how much it had affected, he had affected people. But I, re- I was like, he's never going, why would he engage with me? You know, like, why wouldn't he just hang up immediately? I was just like, how do I present myself and how do I speak to him in the first few seconds in a way which means we can actually have that conversation that I'm dying to have with him and get that closure. Hmm. And how did the conversation go? A lot better than I had expected in that he didn't hang up immediately. Um, We actually spoke for almost an hour. So when I rang him up, I I said, you know, hi, is that Chris? And he he sort of broke up for a bit there and he was like, yeah, no, it's, it's Chris. Who is this? Who is this? And I was like, it's Max. You know, um, I'm calling just because I have some evidence to suggest that you might have been using my photos to sort of catfish people. And, you know, it's, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I just want to talk to you. It's like mostly fine. Um, There's nothing to worry about. And he denied everything. He, he said, oh no, I haven't got time to do that. I've got my own accounts. But at some point during this conversation, Max says, Chris slipped up. 
he started to talk about how he had befriended on Instagram the catfishing account. And and he was like, yeah, there was an account. It was like Max, Max something. I was like, yeah, me. He's like, yeah, like I, I followed it and they followed me. But then I saw this post from this blogger who was saying that it wasn't real and that this person was impersonating this guy called Max. And so I I reported it and unfollowed it. And immediately I was like, hang on a second. If I've just rang you out of the blue to confront you about stealing my photos and you're completely innocent, what are the chances that you also came across my account just by chance? Despite Chris's continuous denial, Max said that the conversation ended amicably. But, still curious, Max followed his alleged catfisher on Instagram and spent some time comparing his account with that of the fake John Sanders. And he found similarities in the memes they were publishing and the times at which they were publishing them. He asked Chris if he could phone him again to discuss this new evidence. And while Chris agreed, at first, something made him change his mind. In the end, this person who Max believed had used his photos to harass women online blocked him. Listener, I don't know about you, but I am the kind of person who really needs closure. And after coming so far in this investigation, I would have still hoped for a way to get Chris to confess and promise to stop. But it's at this point that Max finally decided to let it go. I had got my answer, uh, at least like part of the answer, which was confirmation that it was definitely him. And he said, please respect my privacy. I mean, he didn't really respect mine. So I didn't really have to, I guess, but I, on principle, but I just thought I've just, I've done so much. It's been going on for so many months now that I just kind of thought, well, he knows what I know. During our talk, I said to him, you know, this has had such horrible impact on the people who you've abused. I've been like completely caught up in it and it's been really taking its toll on on me. It's been really disturbing. So yeah, like I just thought, well, he's heard my side to it and what else can I do? Just being able to talk to him and even though he was obviously kind of denying everything and not, not confessing, he got to hear from me and he, he and, and kind of realised that his actions have consequences. And for me, I think that, like, I hope that's... I mean, I can only hope that that's had, a, like, a positive impact. Since he contacted Chris, Max says that he isn't aware of any more posts going out or accounts popping up using his photos. But it would probably be naive to think that the person who did these things has hung up his catfishing boots for good. Huge thanks to Max Benwell and Linny McClellan for sharing this story with us. There'll be a link to Max's full article on this week's episode description on the Guardian website. Chips is produced by Danielle Stevens. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from the Guardian, just go to theguardian.com/podcasts. slash